podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to Red Alert. So this podcast, ladies and gents, is all about February, the month that was, and Jesus, what a hell of a month that we'll be talking about. So we'll be running through the games, we'll be talking about the players, and we'll be talking about next month with March coming up, hopes and fears. So doing a quick sort of time and date check, it is the 1st of February, so we are doing this before the Wolves game, where hopefully we'll be taking all three points and we'll be talking about Wolves upcoming, just in case it sounds a bit back to the future. And I'm Martin McFly that way. So my name's Dave Davis, as you know, the regular host, and I'm very pleased to be joined by a regular guest. So he's back after last time, fellow Red, fellow Edinburgh, Edinburgh, I think you could say, Mark <laughs> Evans. Mark, how are we? I'm very well, mate. Very well. Very glad to be back on. To be uh, showing up for all my poor predictions last time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I look back. I think we did pretty shit overall, to be honest. I think that's the easiest way to phrase it. So we'll see. We'll see what we make of March as we get into that. If we can do any better this time. Fingers crossed, eh? So, Mark, let's get into it. Dear God, what a month. This, This month almost felt like it had everything from Feb. So if we go through it, if we think a Wolves... Defeat 3-0 away, felt like a low point. Then we went into the derby, which we won 2-0. We beat Newcastle 2-0 away. The Real Madrid roller coaster, the 5-2 defeat at home. And we finished it the other weekend, in true style, on a 0-0 limp draw <laughs> at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. I mean, Christ, what a... I feel like a, almost a, a load of gun I'm giving you here, but when you look back at that, honestly, what are your thoughts on that month overall? Yeah, so I mean, what I'll do is again, I'll run through each of those individually, then we can talk kind of more roundly of of the the bigger picture of of how we feel now that that's all been and gone. So the Wolves one, like you said, three nil defeat for me. That was a. Uh, one of the low points of the whole season, if I'm honest. It was yeah. one of the most hopeless performances, for sure. We were 
poor defensively. The goals we conceded were awful. And it was one of those that we've had a couple of these this season where you just don't feel like we've got a goal in us. In fact, yeah. we'll, we'll get on to the Palace game later. But uh, yeah, what one of those games where we just, despite having a good forward line on, we just didn't seem to create anything. You know, it felt like one of those we could have played all day and not scored. In fact, the Wolves game was so bad that I actually turned off with a few minutes to go and I can count on my hands how many times I've done that in my entire life supporting Liverpool. Wow. So really not a good one. And then we come into the derby, which uh, you and I had the pleasure of being at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the derbies, you, not to throw in too many cliches, but, you know, anything can happen in those. And you kind of hope that form goes a little out the window and we see a better Liverpool for that one. And we did. We did. We were, all in all, one of the best performances of the season, I would say. We we were good in midfield, pretty combative. I thought Bajtic was excellent. But kind of critically, the front three came to life there. And uh, we we looked like a maybe not back to our best, but certainly a team that can wear a glove on you, that can break quickly, that that looked like if they all got a chance, they would take it, kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, in in particular, I thought Nunes was brilliant in the derby. That the breakaway goal for Salah, uh, where he goes down the left and his ball in that sort of sends Pickford out his goal. I thought that that was not that he needs a breakthrough moment, but that was just. Pure quality for me, that one. And and I think in a few of the games for Darwin, we've maybe been, he's threatened that kind of thing and not quite had the final bit, but he really did there. And Salah goes on to score. And then Karaisen on the cake, Gakpo gets one too, off the mark for him. And uh, and yeah, we, we kind of finished the derby with maybe a little more enthusiasm than we've had for, for a fair while now. And uh, on to Newcastle, which... Huge game for us if we have any any hopes of getting in the top four. Yeah. We go on. We start really quickly there, get the two goals. Again, two really kind of clinical goals. Really liked not just that they were goals, because we haven't scored that many, but that they were good goals. You know, the ball from Trent into Darwin was excellent. I think that's, again, what we've lacked for Darwin, isn't it? Like that using the pace right in behind you know, finding his strengths and uh, he finished it with a plum, absolutely launched it past Pope, loved that. Uh, and then Gakpo's goal is just another bit of Salah quality with an amazing button. It's one of those rare ones where when you were watching it, you we didn't even see that, you know, didn't see that as an option as a pass. He just sees it instantly and it goes, Gakpo's touch is good and he buries it. And uh, I thought we were kind of going to go and run away with that and, they they get Pope sent off for a handling outside the box. And if anything, I would say that hurt us maybe. We we, we got pretty sloppy after that in, yeah. in the Newcastle one. And uh, in fact, you and I watched that together in a pub in town and uh, we were were pretty frustrated by the end. You know, it wasn't it didn't it felt like uh, I was glad to see the end of it kind of thing. I was glad to yeah. get the full time. Uh so yeah, we, we we finished that, we've won that, we're now properly in contention for top four again. Feeling very optimistic, and just over the horizon is the the huge one against Madrid. Um, that comes along. We uh, we we start that in incredible fashion. Another huge atmosphere under the lights, special Anfield night, and uh, we take a an incredible two 0 lead, which I really didn't see coming. I was pretty nervous for the for the Madrid game. Darwin scored an absolutely blinding goal, brilliant finish. 
and then uh, the Courtois mistake, we go 2-0 up, and then the, the, the rest of the game, I, I really don't want to talk about it. it was ah. We got a five without reply, which, you know, you, you, I don't know how many times that's ever happened at Anfield. It can't be many, if if ever. And, uh, yeah, we, we pretty much just got swept aside, didn't we, by a team that looked superior in pretty much every department. They outfought us, outpassed us, outscored us. Yeah. We did ourselves no favours. Uh, defensively, we were awful. Gomez had a real night to forget, I thought, and uh, so did a few others. It was it was real. It was one of those ones that, because we just played them so recently in the final last year, and for me, we kind of outplayed them in that one, that I came into this one thinking, well, I know we've dropped quite a lot, but they aren't in the best season either. Maybe we can, you know, maybe we're, maybe maybe La Liga's weaker than the Premier League and we're, we'll still be kind of, a match for them. And I thought that to be the case in the first 20. We started quickly, you know, and we had them and whatnot. But uh, once it came to, you know, once they kind of found their groove, they just showed that they are levels ahead of us, really. In particular, the midfield, they dominated every aspect of it. They outfought us. Um, yeah. Mod- Modric had a field day, didn't he? Benzema had a field day. They, uh, Vinicius scored a couple of great goals. They just kind of left us for dead and have left us with you know, a, a kind of a fool's hope for the for the second leg. And then the month finishes out with Palace, like you said, and had we won here, we were we were actually beginning to be in a strong position, not not yeah. a, a wishful one. And uh, I had high hopes for that one, I really did. Uh, but truthfully, the less said about the Palace game, the better. They were, we, we were awful. It, it was one of those where... If we were still playing now, I'm not sure we would have scored yet. I really, uh, yeah, I, I was really pretty gutted at the end of that one. It was one of those where you had to not go on social media and not read anything about Liverpool and try and avoid podcasts for the rest of the weekend because it was just, it felt like we, we were building something and, you know, you could kind of put the Madrid one maybe to the side and think that the league form hopefully will still continue because we'll, that's really all we're going to have to play for, it looks like. Um, so, yeah, re- Really disappointing one. I didn't really agree with Klopp's kind of good point on the road stuff. And yeah, I don't know if he's just trying to build kind of confidence or some kind of momentum for the month to come. But uh, yeah. So, like I said, well, that, that's them individually. If you look at that kind of on the, on the grander scale, it's hard to break down what we make of the month overall because we have actually played ourselves back into contention of the top four, which for me was probably not on the cards at the start of the month. Yeah. Um, we're, we're probably out of Europe, but, you know, you never know. We would have said the same before the Barcelona second leg in the year we won it. Um, so is it a positive month or a negative month? I, I think it falls somewhere in the middle. It was a roller coaster. It was kind of up and down, but we still have that sort of fighting chance of top four. So, I think had you offered me that at the start, I probably would have taken it, although I wouldn't have taken the drubbing in Madrid, obviously. Um, yeah, maybe maybe kind of we break even this month, but need to have a good one in the in the coming month is, is kind of how I would break that down. Yeah, it's... The thing is, I remember when we talked about it last month, because we debated it, didn't we? Like, which one's more important, the Derby, Real Madrid? And I, I was like crystal clear, you can't lose the Derby. You know, I'd, I'd take winning the Derby and losing to Real Madrid. 
What I didn't expect in that Real Madrid counter was to be like bouncing off the walls in the cop 15 minutes in to absolute sort of heartbreak and dread by the end of it. Like you just thoroughly outclass, you know, especially especially that second half. They didn't even come out for it realistically. You know, we lost that second half 3-0. We were just absolutely drugged. There's yeah. no way, you know, there's no way around it. And it literally had everything. Like you said, the thinking that Wolves game, we're going to hate to think about it. But I mean, the, the amount of stick, and, and I do get it quite rightly in a way that Gomez and Matic took after that. They were just awful. Yeah. And then, just, yeah. and then you come to the Everton, you're like, please, 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 you know, you've got to fight here. You know, that it was a flag day call on the cop, you know, by Spion Cop 1906, all those good things. And to be fair, the Ev were absolute garbage. I mean, I think that lad called Sims up front, I'm pretty sure he won a competition. They were absolutely <laughs> dreadful. You know, one of the worst sort of derby performances ever, which, you know, you've got to win them. You can only play what's in front of you and all that. But, you know, they were terrible. But we do the business. And the one thing, I th- like you said, I really got heart from, it just felt like, and especially after that Newcastle game. Are you that person who has everything? the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Darwin was starting to settle. You know, like goals, assist, making things happen. You know, it was a quick start, deadly finishes, real bits of quality. Like you said, we could have just turned off after Pope got sent off. We, It almost felt like we were half trying, maybe casting the mind to Madrid, one eye on that. But it really was a, a non-event after that sending off. But three points were important. Yeah, like we said about Real Madrid, that, that's got everything. It, it is a fool's hope, but we'll see what happens in the burnabout. And then you're thinking like, as you said, you know, we've got some good results. You know, you've won your last two in the league, clean sheets. Let's just, let's go to Palace. You know, try and play. If we can't play well, just get the win. But yeah. probably, you the know, truth if, is, if we had gone and won that one, if we'd gone and beat Palace, in my sort of summary of the month, I'd be saying, listen, it's not great to get humiliated by Madrid. It really isn't. But all in all, we have to say that was a really good month. Yeah. Because we would have just been right there fighting for that top four, you know? Yeah, 100% agree with that. And even as the game went on and, Christ, even when Hendo got the best block of the game from Trent's free kick, <laughs> I was still thinking, like, please, just be one of them games. Just, I don't care now if we're going to play shit. Just, you know, just get a grubby 1-0. Like, it was right. And unfortunately, we, we we were that close to it, you know, because they didn't lay too much of a glove on us. But we did have the two, you know, Salah hitting the bar. And uh, and the one you just said there, uh, Henderson blocking that. And it was, I've watched that, you know, a hundred times back. And it, what he is thinking, I don't know, because he, he runs like the only place Trent he could be put in it. 
And the yeah, blocks it maddening because those three points would have just been, or the, the two additional points would have been vital. Yeah, it, and it, it just, like, you get the extra two points there and it just tees you up for the Wolves game, doesn't it? And then you're putting pressure, you're getting on a roll, all that type of thing. But probably, maybe the story of the season a little bit for February, almost the two steps forward, two steps back, it seems, all the time. And we are, to use your phrase, we're just going to go on a roller coaster, I feel, for the rest of the season. But, yeah, an, an interesting month, to say the least. I mean... This will be an interesting one because we've talked through those. When you look back at those based, and it probably comes around context, you know, the importance at the time. What do you class as the best performance in February? What game did you think, yeah, that was our best performance this month? I think it would have to be the Everton one because the two, obviously the two standard results are Newcastle and Everton. But like we said, the red card really killed the, the Newcastle game and maybe that would have been a better performance, you know, had that not happened. We looked like, because it's obviously away from home, a bit of a tougher um, um, concept, you know, than, than yeah. the Derby at home, which is one that we, on paper, win most times. Uh, but we didn't get to see that because the red card kind of killed it. And truthfully, I don't have many complaints to the Everton game. We, Everton found themselves, you know, in that sort of, again, a bit of a cliche, but that little honeymoon period of new manager. They just had a really good result the week before, came in with confidence. They looked like they were going to be one of those teams where their midfield had a lot of energy, which is the ones that worry me at the moment, you know, kind of like Brighton, where um, they can simply outrun you, you know. And I watched their game the week before, uh, I think it was Arsenal that they uh, that they beat, and they... Uh, they, they outran them, you know, and that, that was the worry for me, that we can be easily outrun at the moment. So I, I genuinely did have real fears going into the derby, but they were they were awful in the same amount of that we were brilliant. And we outbattled them, we were brilliant. Like we said before, I thought Darwin was just superb for the goal. We had that sort of overhead kick as well that Gakpo narrowly headered wide. Yeah. But, um, I thought Salah was brilliant in the derby. I really did cl- just look sharp and hungry. And he did one of those sort of celebrations that you see from Salah, you know, where he sort of puffs his chest out and just yeah, looks Yeah, can't get enough of those ones. Uh, and, and yeah, just all in all, uh, a really good performance. It was, it was up there with anything we've done this season. Can't off the top of my head think of one that I've preferred Certainly not being there in the crowd. Um, like you said, it was flag day. It just had a nice feel about it. The whole thing kind of went off perfectly, really. And uh, yeah, from you know, if we if we got anywhere near that level on a weekly basis, we'd be laughing from now to the end of the season. I still think we'd walk top four if we could find that kind of level consistently. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others. On EPL Index, we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League 
match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it is, it is mad. I think, as you said, the, when you went into that Everton game, and it, it's got to be the same for me, performance of the month, because Newcastle looked great on paper, like you say, with how, how high they were flying, but the game's over early. And if anything, when you think back to it, the amount of chances that Newcastle had, especially from set pieces, even with 10 men, I think Byrne crashes one against the bar, doesn't he, late on? Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah. There was... There was Alisson made at least two quality one-on-one saves, you know. So it wasn't a great performance. It was just that the game was done early because of the circumstances. But like you said, Everton, I think it gave that hope again that, hold on, we can actually run. We can actually press. We can out-fight teams, you know, battle. Like Probably we, we didn't want to attach too much to it as well. But you also thought after the, um, almost the obituaries had been written, hadn't they, for the likes of Hendo and Fab, maybe there yeah. is something there. So... Yeah. Like, if anything, that maybe makes it as well as the best performance, the most frustrating one, because it kind of shows you that it's there. You know, it's it, why why aren't we able to kind of channel that energy and passion every week? Because I mean, it's not Hendo and Fab in particular, the two you just mentioned. They they are the core of that midfield that was so successful for all those years and did it, you know, like sixty times a season. Not not yeah. just flippantly here and there on the big derbies or in the biggest games. These guys have shown they can do it every single week. So it is also frustrating that it takes, you know, a derby for them to to bring that kind of level. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. And I, I always think, because every, listen, everyone's thinking about the, um, the midfield problems, what it is, and everyone's got a different insight, whatever it may be. I just thought, especially for... For that game, and I thought it was telling for February. You know, when Hendo played all those games in a, a row, having been out the side for so long, yeah. I thought every game that went on, I was like, Everton, and I don't care what anyone says who's listening to this, I thought he was on it. I thought he pressed well, you know, really gave us something at Everton. Then he did okay, I'd say, against Newcastle. Not brilliant, but not bad as someone to say okay, but a little dip. Then again, well, Real Madrid second half, the less said the better. And then at Palace, it, it, it almost in simple terms was like a 32-year-old who's playing four games in a row just showed, like, dipped every game, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, the yeah, legs made a bit. slightly worse and everyone culminating in a really bad performance in the final one. Yeah, um, exactly. But almost expected, right? I mean, what, 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 what do you expect playing a guy of that age whose game is kind of all about energy and running. If you if you play four in that quick succession, you are going to lose a, a couple of percent on your, you know, on your distances, your sprints, your even just your awareness, you know, as the games go on. Because that was the other thing. Not only did he play them all, he played a lot of minutes in them all too, you know, where other guys were getting hooked. Henderson was staying on for the duration. So he um it, it's hard to be critical of him. I you know I've been critical of Henderson in the past and Often, I think it's warranted. In this case, I think it isn't. I think it's another sort of classic case of us just not having a good enough player behind him, pushing, you know, that that Klopp obviously felt he could put in and trust in in those critical games, because unfortunately, they all are pretty important at the moment. Yeah, and listen, March and April are the business end of the season, as we know them, so it's only going to get bigger at the same time as well. I mean... 
this is probably an easy one to answer in a way. And I know you didn't want to, but you're probably going to have to talk about it in all honesty, mate. So if I ask you for your biggest disappointment of February. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know if my answer here will surprise you or not, but we have three pretty obvious um, disappointments in the month. The Wolves game, the Madrid game and the Palace game, they were all miserable in their own right in one way or another. But for me, the Wolves game was actually the one that I thought was the worst of the three. Wow. And the reason I say that is it's it's Real Madrid you're playing when we lost 5-2, you know, and they they played better than I think we played poorly in that second half. We didn't challenge them, you know, and you can certainly be critical of us. But I thought they were on such a high level. I would say that was a better performance versus Liverpool than anyone else I've seen this season, the entire season. They were pretty irresistible in the second half. They really were. I know we didn't match them or battle them, but they were pretty extraordinary, I thought. And that kind of sets it apart from the Wolves game for me because the Wolves game, I think, was just purely us being terrible. I thought we were just hopeless in the Wolves game in, in all departments. Even, you know, you, you can even look into the Madrid game and look at the fact that we did score two goals against such a strong team. And for the first 20 minutes, we did look quick and battled well and dominated even maybe for the first 20 minutes. The Wolves game was pretty abject start to finish. I thought uh, the goals we conceded were just so painful to watch. I thought the two centre-backs were awful. We were out-battled. Again, like I said, I switched off the Wolves game before it was done, and it's really rare that I feel a game is that hopeless that I want to switch off. In the Madrid game, despite it being really poor towards the end, I was still thinking, right, if we just get one more, it's 5-3, you know, and then it's just two goals going into the, the second leg. Maybe it's not all over, you know, it's still yeah. we always still have that chance. Um, whereas the Wolves one, I, I was... I was just incensed by the ends of the Wolves. What I really was, I, I just thought, like, what has happened to this team? What has happened to make us this poor? Well, I second month in a row, there's a logic and there's analysis, and yet you're completely wrong again at the same time. <laughs> Interesting. So you can't, and it's a double negative, you can't not say Real Madrid is the biggest disappointment. It's the... The eyes of the world are on that game. It's European royalty. It's massive. And before it starts, is there a possibility we could get beat? Yeah, everyone's thinking that. You know, these are class. And there's been a lot of nonsense written about Real Madrid's demise. And unfortunately, we got, you know, 11 points behind. We got to see it on the night that it's far from true. But it's the nature of it when, you know, Darwin's sort of impudence, that flick, brilliant. The mistake, you know, the whole place is bouncing. And to be honest, I mean, I was there, loved it. You know, I was thinking, get, get a third, you know, you can change it. Not that it ends it ever completely, but that's what you're hoping. Then Vinicius gets that goal and you're thinking, I mean, he's a, listen, he's a top-class player, you know, there's no doubts about that. But when he gets that ball there, where do you not give him? He's going to try and curl it on his right foot into the bottom right of the goal. It's so obvious. So what do they do? They just, three of them, just let him get that shot off. You know, if you let top players have time, funnily enough, they hurt you. And then... Yeah, there's a good, um, I don't know if you saw this, there's a good um, sort of clip put together of Carragher's reaction to every single goal as they yeah. go. That one there, he gives like a, 
get closer, you know, for God's sake. It's a European game. You cannot give space to this kind of player, that sort of thing. And then one by one, by the, by the fifth one, he's not saying anything. He's just sitting there staring blankly into the screen. That's what I mean. As every and even like the, as they the second one goes in, you know, with that Allison mistake, you've just got that. Oh no! And then weirdly, to people obviously you're blank this from the mind. Most people, we nearly get a third where there's kind of a scramble. Hendo goes to the byline. Sam right, yeah. heals That's it. Right. You know, and you just thought if that, and even at two two at half time, you're thinking, okay, we've traded blows. It's a keeper error each. We're well in this. And then the second half happens where you just literally feel your soul evaporating minute on minute as Real Madrid just, let's be honest, got to give full respect to them at the same time, put on a masterclass, you know, show all those players. And whatever anyone says about what it's right to do, listen, the Anfield faithful know their football and that's why Luka Modric got applauded off, whatever you think of that. They were absolutely top class. So, it's a good theory about Wolves, but it's completely wrong, Mark. Real Madrid is easily, <laughs> easily the biggest disappointment of February, which, dear Christ, had everything, didn't it? Like, this is why Liverpool takes years off your life, people, isn't it? So, we talked about the games. I mean, players, Mark, we, we, we mentioned everyone there, like the, the forwards, especially the front three, where, the, you know, a few came back. You talked about the the midfield and the showings from then. You've talked about the absolute horror show from certain players at the back at the same time as well, quite rightly. When you put that together, who were you looking at as your sort of player of the month? And is there, because it's sometimes difficult, as we know, just to put in one, any honourable mentions as well at the same time? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Uh, there is an obvious winner, but there's a few There's a few um, that deserve a mention. I think Salah had some better games this month, better than we've seen certainly for the in January. Uh, yeah. Gakpo came to the party a bit this month, which was yeah. real positive for us. Bajatic, uh, who I thought was the best player in January, I thought he still had some, some good performances in there. Um, Trent had some strong performances going forward, not not necessarily the whole package. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was great to see Van Dijk coming back into the team, but the yeah. obvious player of the month has to be Nunes. It just has to be. He uh, he started off the you know the the better moments in the derby. Like I said earlier, he broke down the left, put in just a ridiculous ball for Salah to finish to put us ahead. He puts us ahead against Newcastle with an emphatic goal past Pope. And then the audacious flick, like the one we saw against Fulham against Madrid, um, was a coming-of-age moment for me. I thought that was just pure class in the biggest game, you know, under the lights, huge moment. And he didn't look too taken aback by it either. You know, he looked kind of comfy in that moment, doing that big thing in this big game. Really, yeah. really, really enjoyed that. Um, and all in all... I think even the Palace result, I think like losing Darwin for that game, I think you don't even realise how much that took away from the performance because he is leading the charge for me in our front three, which is something I know you and I uh, have kind of had spats all season about Darwin because I've been pretty critical of him with you know the chances missed and maybe his final product not always being there. But I think for the second time this season, he's found a real good vein of form and for me, he he's kind of the the light 
to top four. He's the he's the thing that if we're gonna get it, we're gonna need him to to stay at this level and you know find those goals and those breakthroughs for us from now till the end. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and again, something you've been completely wrong about most of the season is Darwin Nunes. <laughs> the, uh, the the big shagger has been absolutely immense this month. I think, as you said, it's almost like the second time it's happened because he he did have. I won't pretend he's not had wobbly moments, but just before the World Cup, he'd really sell, hadn't he? And that Southampton game where he got that double was like, yeah. As as much as we talked about, listen, the World Cup's coming out a brilliant time. Yeah, maybe for certain players, but well, look what happened overall afterwards and it didn't really work out for Darwin. It's almost like a second settling, so to speak. So he has those games, like you said, Everton, like not not just the burst, the acceleration, but the ball, absolute quality, even on his wrong foot. The classic class goal against Newcastle, Real Madrid, the flick, you know, looking lively. And even in those games, because listen, there've been a lot of, sort of questions like, why is he sticking on the left? Why Gappo in the middle? Yes, they do interchange at times, but it, it, it looked like almost in a weird way he was really getting to grips with that, starting on the left and, and coming inside, especially if you look at his big contributions. Everton, yet yeah, down the left for the assist, but his goal against Newcastle pulling into the middle, isn't it, right on the shoulder in that gap? Real Madrid left to right across, you know, a clever run, no doubts about it, for the flick as well. Because you're thinking like, really starting to settle. And like you said as well, look what happens in Crystal Palace when he's not there. It looks one-paced. It looks a little disjointed. And for all that game, I think I can only remember during that when Salah played the ball through and Gappo kind of sort of just half got there. Before yeah, it was just ahead of him. Yeah. But th- that was the only time I looked at that game and thought, Christ, someone's made a running behind you know, stretch Palace, who, who've pushed up. And you just thought, like, especially because we were thinking after we got sent off against them last time, like, he'll take his revenge. This is the perfect game for, for Nunes. But obviously the, the shoulder thing comes out and he took an injection. It was just a big month. And listen, we have to hope. I, I think, I'm surprising myself to say this, but I fully agree with you. He has to stay fit and firing if we're going to, you know, have that charge, the, you know, the chaos, so to speak for top four. So, yeah, I, it's not like clearing away in miles, but yeah, Nunes, absolutely the player of the month for me there. With I like that point you made there. I hadn't really considered it before, but the, the fact that he played well off the left is a real um, surprise, I guess I would say for me, because th- this is kind of where you and I have disagreed. Is I, I saw him as like very one track. If we aren't playing balls in behind and using that pace, then I don't really know what he's good for because his touch has been a little off at times, you know. And like I said, the end product down the left, he, his feet don't look as quick maybe as a winger's would be that, that's expected to kind of take a guy on and beat him. But that game, uh, the Everton one, where he does play off the left, he really did look the part on that side. And he was yeah. his man, he was quick. There was one bit in particular, I don't know if you remember it, he, he did some kind of skill and kind of cut back through his own leg and came inside and let a shot off from from nowhere sort of thing. And he just looked the, the kind of full package out wide, which that, that, that's a real plus because we have a lot of these forwards now, you know, that it's hard to pick where they should play. You, you know, Salah's kind of got his side, but almost all of the rest of them, maybe Bobby aside, can can play in, in various places. You know, they might prefer centre. Jota seems to be all three. 
uh, himself, I thought was just a centre forward, but does actually look like he can now play off the left. So I think that is actually really positive, not just that he played well, but that he played well off the left. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it almost has got ignored a little bit that done some great defensive work at times, covering back, winning the ball, you know, headers. I think probably the, the one thing which people have had a bit of a, no, dig's the right phrase, but it's right to say, considering he's such a big man, he isn't the best defender in the box, especially if, you know, from things like set pieces, he just doesn't seem to smell or react to the danger, mainly, I suppose, because he isn't a, a defender by his nature. So that's the only thing I can really, you know, yeah, I, I think people have been used to like these big guys in the past, like your your drug buzz, who when they came back, it was almost like having two John Terry's back there. Yeah. You know, they managed to kind of command their box, and people just expect that any big forward is going to have that, and it's silly to because the you know the instincts are completely different. I think it was more the exception that Drogba could rather than that Darwin can't. If you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. He's almost. I think there was there's the assumption made that when we bought Gakpo and Nunes, especially with them two playing, oh brilliant, we're sorted on set pieces either way. But yeah, it's it's a as we know from it, if you go it's going back in history a bit, but the likes of, you know, Vidic, for instance, it's not about the size, isn't it? It's the nature of the player type of thing. So Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That that is literally the only thing I can sort of at all pull him up on. But let's just pray for Christ he's playing against Wolves tonight. Big Shaggy, yeah, easily the player of the month. Christ, we could be going through till the end of March with this one, but I've got to ask it. <laughs> Based on the performances, dear God, is anyone playing their way out there at the exit door, I suppose you'd say, in February? <laughs> dear God. Yeah, there were a few poor performances through the month, even in individual games or even just kind of more roundly. Naby was awful against Palace, I thought, could have been sent off. Uh, I thought Bobby and Jotov looked pretty off it since coming back from injury. Neither have kind of produced a, a single good performance yet. Yeah. Um, but the two biggest concerns for me are Fab and Gomez. I think both of them have been pretty atrocious in the, in the month of February. In fact, Fab in particular, there's been a couple of moments, in particular when he came on uh, the week before last, I think that was the, was it the, I think it was the Palace game he came on, was it? Yeah, the yeah. Palace game it was, yeah. But he comes off the bench against Palace. That is as weak a performance in a Liverpool shirt as I think you are ever going to see. People were walking around him. He just looked miles off the pace. And he's only 29 years old, so it's it's really hard to fathom why his legs look so short. But they really do. He had a couple of better performances early in the month um, in in the derby and even uh, the Newcastle game. But yeah, a couple of other ones. I mean, against Madrid, he looked miles off it. And like I said, the Palace one, it is really hard for me to to forget just how bad that was. And I would, I, I'm not often one to write a guy off. You know, I've I've always been patient, even with the likes of Naby. But I'm getting to the stage with Fab where I really think time's up. We just his legs have gone. He needs out the door as quick as possible, and we need that that we need a signing essentially to come in now and uh, and replace him in in the six. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it's, I mean it's crazy to say, especially I think I'm seeing a lot of uh, 
Nostradamus types on Twitter and different things, oh, well, the, the, we're always going to have these issues. Like, let's be honest, at the summer, no one saw the nosedive off the cliff that Fabinho was taken. No one saw it. We knew the midfield needed reinforcements, I get, but no one fully predicted what this would end up like. I mean, the, the, the weirdest thing about that Fabinho performance, especially the sub bit against Palace, the only competition for that performance is, you know, is in the worst sub appearance ever. Which do you remember when he came on against Brighton and like basically took their player off and should have been sent off basically at the heel? Yeah, he wins just... for that tackle. Yeah, it, it, I tell you that that was a shocker as well. That that's something that those are two of the worst substitute performances yeah. ever seen for Liverpool ever. Exactly that, and literally everything's got a context. You've got to balance it in that, but. 29, signed a, not a brand new deal, but 2021, he did his big renewal, you know, and we were told at the time that as the the press release, you know, he's put amongst the the top earners. So, I mean, listen, the the accounts have come out this week, so you know how much we're spending on wages. Dear Christ, you know, like, look at the the profit. When the revenue goes up up over 100 million, the profit's only 7.5 million, you know, the the costs of income spend is, is something else. Yeah. So you're thinking those top players have got to perform. So he's on a whack-off wage and he's just not performing. And I agree with you. I, I hate those, you know, just bombing people out of the club, but there's got to be a ruthlessness at the top level. And, and he seems the obvious one for me that, you know, going to be tough to to maybe get rid, so to speak. And, you know, the wages, we might have to take a hit, shall we say, on that, so to speak. But it just makes sense, I do feel, to get what you can out of him this season. But I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, it's, it's got to change. It's well-covered ground that the midfield needs rebuilt. Yeah. He knows that's what's coming in the summer. And the truth is, you've got Ox, you've got Nabi and probably now Fab that are all on really high wages that just are not covering those wages. And if we're going to rebuild it with two or three new players who are going to have to take big deals themselves, there just have to be those who go to make room for that. Because like you just said, the wage bill is already virtually out of control and we can't just add to what we have without removing some of these high wages. Now, it looks pretty certain that Naby and Ox are going to go anyway, but there's going to have to be another one for me if you're going to bring two and three in to replace them. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And then 
the, the thing is, I mean, we mentioned it almost at the, the top of the show when we talked about Wolves, but Gomez and Matic, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't think yeah. anyone would particularly shed a tear if either of those are, are going in the summer. I mean, you look at Matic and his age, he'll have a year left in the summer, you know, it's it's been a shocking February for him. I mean, I, I honestly think he is an inherently better defender than Gomez. That's my honest assessment. And he's got the history, you know, especially last season. I know people argue that's an outlier, but the standard has just dipped beyond belief from him. And he's just an obvious one to, to move on and, you know, get what you can. Gomez, I'm going to be honest, I think might just be saved by the fact he's homegrown he's still you know Matt like you said is getting on and only has one year left at least Gomez kind of has age on his side and maybe a, a better resale value down the line kind of thing Matips is yeah. all but gone if you don't sell this summer you, you're getting nothing as he leaves for free the following year and th- there is the argument at the same time that even as a this there's valuing Gomez as a cover right back. I know there's Trent, Calvin Ramsey's going to come through, but, you know, Trent can cover both sort of, sorry, Trent, Gomez even can cover, you know, both those positions like Trent and Robbo if they were out, you know, we'll see what happens with Simicast. But Gomez and Matip, yeah, there's, they're the other two I'm thinking there's going to be strong conversations. I'd be, I'd be more surprised if Matip's here for the start of next season. Gomez may just be saved by homegrown, but yeah, again, it's just one of them months where there is a few out the exit door. Listen, going to go over old ground, like you said, there's a it's a massive summer coming. We can keep saying that, but it's true, and we'll see who's for the chopping block. I suppose moving into next month and March. I mean, we are we're just in March now. We got the Wolves game later. I don't want to hand this up too much, Mark, but you can't not, in all honesty. We've got the Wolves game. We've got them at home at the weekend. Bournemouth away. We've got the Rail second leg. And then, weirdly, because of all things, Fulham are in the next round of the Cup, aren't they? So that game's now been postponed, which means, as it stands, crazy to say, if you think about all the games people are talking about and the ones we played last year, there's a 17-1-7 day gap between the Real second leg and City at home right at the start of April. I mean, that is absolutely massive. Listen, the way it's going, it could even work in our favour, couldn't it? You know, Diaz coming back, give him a bit of time to get ready. Thiago's injury doesn't sound clever or anything like that. So who knows? It could actually work in our favour. But there's actually only four games on paper now for March, bizarrely. <laughs> Listen, this will probably be an obvious answer, but it's not an obvious, a straightforward thing. When you look at that month, the most important game for you, like we asked last month, what's the one we cannot lose when you look at them four on paper? Yeah, I mean, it's United all day, but the the truth is, because our season now probably boils down to do we get top four or don't we? That's going to have an impact on who we can sign on who will want to sign, you know, how much money the club brings in. Yeah. Just touched on, you know, if, if you're only bringing in 7.5 million profit, can we even afford to drop out of the Champions League? It, it's a huge deal to get that top four. So all of the games, the league games in particular, of which there are three this month, are vital, absolutely vital. Starting with the game tonight against Wolves, huge but the United one is the standout fixture um, for, for lots of reasons. You know, United have their tails up 
they're really feeling themselves after winning the the Carabao at the weekend. Yeah, they're flying far ahead of us in the league, and for the first time in quite a long time, they're going to come to Anfield and quite fancy themselves at beating us. I think. Yeah, and it would just be brilliant to to put a stop to that to halt their charge or end their charge towards the title to solidify our place as back in that top four battle and and just to kind of like the Everton game, just to kind of reignite the fires again, you know, to just to get the club believing again, to to make us feel like that top four is possible. We can go and beat Spurs when they come to Anfield, you know, in these big games that are to come. That we can that we can win them, that we can take on the best in the league and come yeah. out with all three. Yeah, it's it's so weird when I when I look at those fixtures and I'm just almost like studying them. I'm going to be honest. I would take a, another five two defeat to Real if you could promise me nine points. You know, from those three league games, I think it's absolutely massive. No two ways about it. It's we don't want to lose against United. It's an absolute cannot lose game. Like let's let's not pretend for one second. But and this is the big one: if you get six points from Wolves and United, the whole thing you just feel reignites. You're putting pressure on Spurs. You're putting pressure on Newcastle. You know, two teams that we know have got the wobble in them. So you don't want to lose that United game. And listen, I know we're going down for it. We'll have the whole. Christ say don't lose, but then we'll be greedy and like we've got to win this type of thing. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll ride that roller coaster. If you want the top four, you've got to go six for six from me. Yeah, if we if we get four points out of the next two, it looks it's just too big an ask for me. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you know, you wouldn't have faith we're gonna go on the you know winning every game type of run. It's like you said, you beat United at home, it ignites everything. It really does. So I'm at, even maybe if I'm being honest further, there's three league games. It's nine for nine for me, you know, if we're going to really go for the, the top four. And I really think that that sets down a marker amongst everything. But yeah, I suppose cannot lose. Christ, we just absolutely cannot lose to United at home. That's just literally, you might as well just give up. Like we'll just null avoid the whole thing for the season. We'll take yeah, whatever we've got. Yeah, just literally that is it. But yeah, we'll see. Which listen, this is our this is our hearts pouring over here. If we drop time from another prediction for you, so something else we can get wrong from this month. So when you look at those games, what are your honest predictions or points result wise from those four? Yeah, so I agree with you to be kind of properly in the thick of it, nine points is gonna be vital from those league games but if I'm honest I don't think we're going to get the nine I think we're probably going to beat Wolves tonight I think we'll probably draw with United to be honest at Anfield and that maybe isn't the worst thing it's only because we've put ourselves in this situation where we need so many points to get top four that it will feel like a disappointment but I think all in all given how the season's going we we might just have to take that, you know, a draw at home to United. And then I expect us to beat Bournemouth and I expect us probably to lose in the in the Bernabeu. This is absolutely weird and I might need to check my predictions as well because I've pretty much got exactly the same. Yeah, I do I do think we'll win tonight and you know hopeful shall we say, I don't care how we do it, just win. 
United, yeah, I just get the feeling like it's a draw. And in an annoying way, it just suits them, doesn't it? Because they'll be like, don't lose, we've already got the Champions League. That type Absolutely. Of thing. Yeah, you know, they got cups and stuff, so they'll be like, just don't lose. But a win would be absolutely ginormous. But that that's why I'm, yeah, being honest, heart overhead, I think that'll be a draw. I do think we'll be Bournemouth. And then Real, listen, whatever happens, happens. It's one of those that, it's not a dead rubber, that's wrong to say, but we don't expect to go through. And maybe, just maybe, it might be about giving players minutes, shall we say, you know, who need them or are coming back, thinking about the month even ahead. It's, from it's, that. A, it's one of them, kind of like the Barcelona one. I mean, I know we're not at Anfield this time, but if you do get the first goal, then it's a let's see where this goes kind of thing. You know, can can we build momentum? Anything can happen in 90 minutes of football. Liverpool know that better than anyone. Um, so you go there, you try and get the first goal and just kind of see what happens, see what we can make of it. But truthfully, if they if they hit anything like the level we saw at Anfield, I don't think we're going to live with them there. I think, I think you know, I hope it's not another crushing defeat. Yeah. I just don't think we're, I don't think we're a match for them at the moment. That's the kind of sad truth of it. Yeah. I mean, if if I played it, if we played it right, if we could do a deal, if we could get nine from nine for those first three league games, the only thing would be go to the Bernabeu and don't get embarrassed. That's yeah. what you'd be asking for, you know, just even if you have to keep yeah. it tight, be professional. But if someone offered me right that right now, you're going to win the three league games and you're going to lose at the Bernabeu, but not get embarrassed, you know, just keep it tight. I would absolutely snap your hand off for I, that. I'd call that a great month. I really would. If we take nine league points this month, I would call that a great month, regardless of the result in the Bernabeu. It can be what it can be at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. But... That is the uh, the absolute heart speaking over the head. So, interestingly, we both predict seven from nine with a draw against United on the Sunday. Well, Christ, we are into March. Wolves beckons in the next few hours. And it is going to be, I'm going to say, going to be honest, Mark, I'm going to say it's going to be a, a big month because I don't know if you've seen the start of April where we hit like City, Arsenal, Chelsea, yeah, and yeah. Games one after another. So that is going to be even bigger. But listen, this is why we talk about the business end of the season. The big games are coming. And if Liverpool are going to get top four, as Elvis said, it is now or never. So, ladies and gents, that has been another episode of Red Alert for February. Take care and we'll speak next month. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.